some graze the post, and some just climb the post. <laughs> I'm here with the experiencing deja vu Essendonian Ben. Oh, have we not been here before? And the just like that, we're in the 8 West Coaster, Brent. Yes. So I'm Nathan, and uh, as always, we're proudly brought to you by Podcast Central and Survival First Aid Kits. Just like Port Adelaide's Ollie Wines right before the season started, and also like the AFL with the inclusion of Gold Coast, the good folk at Survival First Aid Kits know that accidents happen. <laughs> I was waiting for something. Yeah, there it is. That's why they've helped millions of customers worldwide to, be pre- worldwide to be prepared in their workplace, in the family car, in a four-wheel drive, in a boat, in a caravan, and many other situations to react when something goes wrong. In fact, survival, in Survival First Aid Kits... Everything not only has a place, but that place is labelled, colour-coded, marked with a quantity, and carefully selected as to maximise efficient use of space. To me, that sounds extremely well-structured, something Carlton and North don't seem to know much about. (laughs) (laughs) So head to survivalfirstaidkits.net.au and and at the checkout use the code FIFTHQUARTER, that's the whole thing, FIFTHQUARTER, no spaces, to claim 10% off. So this round saw Raj take the chocolates with eight tips. He suffered a similar fate to the rest of us with the Swans knocking out the Dons. Paul stayed consistent with a seven, and then I squeezed into third with six. So Paul sits outright first on 46 points. Raj up to second on 45, myself on 44. Uh, Brent's holding off the newcomers. <laughs> I've given up. Karen. I put my tips in, I don't even remember. What did I even get this week? I think it was like the same as me, like five. Who am I even tipping? <laughs> You're above 50%. <laughs> yeah. But from what we've seen uh, this this past week, we're going to kick off with heroes and villains. So who wants to fire away with their, their hero and villain? Uh, I guess I'll go because I've been fired up about my villain, especially all week. But <laughs> my hero for the week is probably many people's heroes, Jared Ruffhead. Pretty highly publicised omission uh, from the from the team, given his rough start to the year, and I guess his rough year last year as well. Just given his standing at the club, he was the captain last year. He's played two hundred and eighty something games. He's kicked more goals than I can count, obviously. And then obviously, Alastair Clarkson. I've got ice in my veins. Just dropped him back to the VFL. Mm. Not only did he dominate in the VFL, which is what you need to do when you get dropped, he kicked five goals, but he coached his opponent, his direct opponent. Was this in the field of play? Was this after he kicked the five goals? Or? I think it was during the game, and the the guy he was talking to, I can't remember his name, he was listed to Brisbane, I think, as a rookie, and then they dropped him. So he's been yeah. toiling away in the VFL for two years, and he just asked him, like, like how can I stop big key forwards? So Jared Ruffhead, you just see, there's footage of him, you just see him, like, throwing him, like, oh, you know, when, I, when someone runs this way, and he's, like, pointing and telling him exactly, not exactly what to do, but giving him tips. So not only is he... um. Was he aware of what he needed to do to get back in the team? But I guess he's sort of at that stage where he knows, even if I don't get back in, at least I can help someone else. Yeah. Mm. Even if they're not on my team. Because, you know, it's not always about your team winning. It's not always about Box Hill winning in the VFL. Obviously, right. Hawthorne would want them to. But for the players in the team, it's about playing well enough to play for Hawthorne. Yeah. And Ruffhead probably aware that he may not play again, even if he kicks 10 goals a game. Yeah. So he's just going to do what he can for a youngster trying to get back into the... The AFL, so all these players that play for teams, they make, are well, hated, they're making it really hard to hate them, so there was Collingwood, I think, last week, <laughs> and there's Hawthorne this week. Oh no, I mean, I, Jared Ruffhead's a really good bloke, but he plays for Hawthorne, so I'm still going to hate Hawthorne. <laughs> it's, I don't hate Jared Ruffhead, but I hate the club he plays for. Yeah. 
next next week we're going to see Brad Scott donate his arm to an amputee or something. Yeah, that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. My villain for the week is um, I think I've picked isolated every department of the AFL. So this week is the AFL. <laughs> so <laughs> you're creeping into my villain yeah. territory. <laughs> so we've sort of our generation, especially, has watched the AFL. They come across as a league that no matter what's going on, they want to do something, even if something doesn't happen, want, need to happen. Change, the, it's but, always about change for the sake of change. The one thing they don't do is learn. Yeah. So this week we saw they've made it up as they, they went along. They ticked off the Dane Rampey decision, which was wrong. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'm glad it was wrong because that would have been the dumbest call I've seen because Myers was... The kick was 15 metres short anyway. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They ticked it off and then asked for a please explain. Yeah. And then find and then him, find him. fifteen twenty thousand dollars and suspended five thousand of it. Meanwhile, you've got <laughs> Nat Five, Gary Ablett, punching basically punching people in the head and nothing. Yeah. Jeremy McGovern gets a fifteen hundred dollar fine for the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then a North Melbourne player because he plays for North Melbourne, I think got suspended. And I'm, I'm yeah, kind of yeah, did, yeah. kind of perplexed. So so Bradley Hill <laughs> throws a couple of blades of grass, and that's. <laughs> That's penalised. Dane Ramby climbs up the goalpost. <laughs> $10,000. I don't know what's going on. So they made it up as they went along with Essendon. They decided they didn't do anything, but then sort of decided to punish them anyway. Yeah. You didn't do anything, but we'll punish you for doing something. They made it up as they went along with Melbourne. You weren't tanking, but we'll punish you anyway. Mm-hmm. They made it up as they went along with Sydney. We're going to give you a cost of living allowance, and then we're going to take it away from you, and then stop you from trading for two years. Yep. Because you used the thing we gave you. Yeah. So the one thing they don't do is learn because they just keep making it up as they go along and they get it wrong every time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm sort of short for work. <laughs> yeah. I have the loss of words as to how they can just be well, consistently and no one, terrible at No this. one seems to take ownership. It's always they go, they go straight to Gillen and he deflects to someone else. And you're like, you are the guy in charge. Like, have a backbone yeah. and say something. And I'm sure it's not him making the decisions, but mm. it's... Give give us an answer, not just a... It's like when you look at club level, if your team is terrible, they blame the coach. You might not yeah. have anything to do with the coach. Yeah. So Gil is getting paid to take that responsibility. Yeah. So if it's not his vision for the league, then he needs to change it. Oh, for sure. And and you've, that's essentially what my villain was going to be. So I won't... It's probably going to be a shorter episode. I won't have to ramble it again. I mean, Gil's clearly taken upper management 101. It's like... It's, it's, we, it may be our fault, but we won't present it as our fault. We'll present it as a, as a fault of something else. Yeah. Or, you know, we'll pass the buck on to something else. And what's astounding is at the start of the year, oh, we want to raise punching. So mm. for the first two rounds, they're giving... They're paying free kicks. The Scott Lysett one was the most notable. Yeah. But now players are just throwing elbows and there's nothing. And then you call an umpire a girl. It says he sounds like a girl and you get fined $10,000. So yeah. apparently that's worse than punching someone in the head. Yeah. Or elbowing someone in the head. Which can be worse. I'm yeah. surprised no one's really sort of arced up about that as well. The whole punching like a girl. Because like, I would have thought people would have been like, what's wrong? Oh, I'm sorry, it's um, well, talking like a girl. Well, the brand actually came out and he... he basically said there's nothing wrong with being a girl and all girls should be respected and like everything he said is right but I feel like he shouldn't have to justify that by saying something in the moment that obviously the way he meant it isn't intended to be derogatory to women no he was just saying it out of frustration and it's kind of the 
go-to line and I guess in society now you can't say anything yeah. I mean it was but the go-to we, line probably when he and I were like us were growing up yeah. but obviously you'd, but yeah. surely we we know the kind of person that Dane Rampey is like yeah, yeah. last year he, he called sp- umpires for he's like are you going to have a, cu- a coffee with Clarko after this yeah. he's, he's very tongue in cheek yeah very tongue in cheek surely we know who he is yeah and I mean the AFL Players Association said it was excessive to find given Given the nature of what happened, yeah, versus other things that have happened, Jeremy Montgomery gets fifteen hundred dollar fine for probably doing less than what Nat Fife and Gary Ablett did. Mm. It's interesting that so the AFL would take that comment as an insult. The fact that they fined him for it, they deem that as an insult. Yeah, what's that telling you about what they think? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do. We really need to know about that. <laughs> yeah, let's saying, not get into like. <laughs> If it, I said you, you, your voice is as loud as Brent's, would someone take offence to that? Like, maybe. <laughs> you know, I think sometimes people are just, I don't know, a bit too quick to jump the gun, and I don't know, it's something. I don't know who would be offended by that. I, no, one. clearly that. Well, the clearly, umpire. Clearly, the AFL as a whole, their ego is so fragile, and just like. Did anyone ask the umpire who was offended? Exactly. No. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's ridiculous. So, did someone else get suspended over the weekend? Yes, I um, I'm terrible because he plays for North Melbourne, so I've never heard of him. But I don't think anyone anyone else has heard of him either. I think because it was a North Melbourne player getting suspended, everyone was <laughs> like, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah, yeah it was, it was the whole Brownlow talk where every Brownlow Brownlow medalist seems to get off. off from but if any you play for North Melbourne, <laughs> <laughs> suspension. That's probably the first time in a while I've so, felt bad for North, but. So maybe North Melbourne just have to stockpile as many Brownlow players, Brownlow medal winning players as possible, because then. Oh man, they've been trying. <laughs> that that <laughs> is true. Not for a lack of that trying. That is true. That is true. Maybe they should just go and recruit Shane Wobodin and Adam Cooney. <laughs> <laughs> I think at this point, like, Adam Cooney would probably be able to play more than Shane Wobodin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sorry, I've just looked it up. Sam Sam Durden, Durden was yep. offered a one match ban. For basically a head cla- accidental head clash. That's right, yeah. He bumped Gary Rowan. I do accidental head clash. One week suspension. Yep. But Dangerfield, five. Ablett's done it two weeks in a row. Yep. Ablett actually got suspended and then the tribunal were like, nah, whatever. Oh, no, you're Gary Ablett. It's okay. Mm. Yeah, they just... So Michael Christian has clearly given up because every time he suspends someone, they overturn it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. they may as well just not have him. We'll get rid of the tribunal. Yeah. But we've talked about that. I'll let someone else have a go okay well I'll I'll jump in now because I feel like Ben's going to have more to say than me Um, (laughs) you sure about that (laughs) I might be more I mean I might have uh, more passion more passion more more impact less words (laughs) yeah yeah so all my words are going to be very very minor I'm only going to talk about my hero and my hero for this week besides being Man City winning the Premier League we'll throw that out there was Brian Myers of the Geelong Footy Club uh, yeah. um, he won the uh, NAB Rising Star this NAB week. Rising yeah. Star this week and uh, about time I, I I don't know how it's taken this long to get him in there but I guess the way he's playing they could have barring injury they could have just anticipated that they, could, they can give it to him any week um, the fact that he's come in and there's all this hype about Sam Walsh and Connor Rosie and Brian Myers has just been performing week in, week out in the best club in the league. Um, you might say that that's why he's performing well, but I guess it could also be a flip side of the coin where he's getting a game in the best side in the league. So that tells you something. Um, 
I just think he's a he's a star. I've pulled up his stats here, and he's averaging what, 17 and a half disposals a game. He's kicked 10 goals in in the first eight weeks of the season, and I mean he's he's contributing with tackles, inside 50s, you name it. He's he's doing it. Probably says a lot about having a couple of well a season or two in in the VFL and what that can do for you. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just thought it's about time they recognise him. So he's my hero for the fact that he's gone eight weeks consistently and finally got named. Yeah, I think what's like really notable about, <clears throat> like you said, he spent a couple of years in the VFL. He actually spent a couple of years playing for Geelong's VFL yeah, team. Yeah. So he's spent years in their system. The club, yeah, that's it. So he's, you know, he's ready to go by the time he's drafted. Mm-hmm. And obviously the club's that had that alignment from the start. They don't. They're not really fussed about winning because we see a lot of the clubs. I don't think are doing that well this year. <laughs> the um, direct VFL teams aren't doing that well. Yeah. But, well, until last week, this is probably an, <coughs> an indictment then, because until last week, Essendon were, had one four on the four on the trot, like a little four zip. They're probably better off just swapping, eh? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Getting as many VFL players into there as possible. I think yeah. obviously the they're, they're, you know, the idea is when you draft a player, they're sort of ready to go and they fit mm-hmm. in. You don't have to draft them and then you have to develop them individually and then mm-hmm. semi-beat the individual individuality out of them so they fit in. Yeah, yeah. So they've come up fitting in, so they're ready to go. Yeah. And like you look back to what happened with Jack Watson, pretty much every top draft pick and the weight of expectation on perform, Sam Walsh has done that easily it's one of the best players in the club yeah. um, but I feel like if you if you draft a player with that expectation send him for a, a year or half a year in the VFL or the Waffle or whatever um, by the time they come into the senior squad the hype may have died down a bit because people aren't necessarily yeah. thinking this is the number one pick that, I mean it's probably in the back of their minds but they're thinking oh he's already gone and played some footy in the twos so um, I think one of the major things as well is like it's easy to say oh he plays for a good team so of course it's going to look better but stuff like tackles and just mm-hmm. the amount of pressure he applies in the forward oh, yeah, line yeah. he could yeah. be in, play for the worst team ever and if you still have those numbers it's work rate yeah oh yeah, yeah for sure and you can get those numbers anywhere whereas you know like 17 disposals it helps when the ball's going in more mm-hmm. and he does push up higher up the ground and kicking goals because you've got Gary Ablett just serving them up on a silver platter to you yeah. but Coaches look at small forwards, pressure and tackles. Not they don't care about goals anymore. Oh yeah, and and you can see like, okay, yeah, there's people that get um, in in a in a really good squad. People kind of just think, oh, you know what? It's just because they're surrounded by absolute stars. But as I said before, in the same token, when you're surrounded by absolute stars, they are shining. And if you don't perform anywhere near that level, yeah. it's far more noticeable than if you're just playing at a club down the bottom of the ladder Carlton, North Melbourne you just kind of blend in so if, if he wasn't to perform within a week he'd be out and someone else would be coming in for him so yeah. I mean good on him yeah alright Ben that's that's all I got I, my villain was Brent's villain oh right okay. <laughs> we hadn't even planned it wow okay. the AFL so it was the AFL basically so my villain essentially is the same as you it's the AFL for not having black and white rules or decisions it's always grey as you were saying it's always they're changing their mind. They're backtracking. Yeah. And it's, it's one of the few times that Damien Barrett's actually correct and saying that um, the because there's so much grey, it doesn't matter like in what regard the umpires call uh, 
a, a rule or it's like because it's justified. always it's always justified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like oh no, that was correct because this. It's like well, you could interpret it either way. Yeah, and that's that's what I remember saying back in the um, Anzac Day game with Essendon Collingwood. And it's, yeah, there's so much grey that the fans on both ends can feel dirty if something's called against them, but in the same coin, the opposition can feel well justified that that was the right call. Yeah, um, and not just because it's bias; it's the fact that anyone could no one yeah we're not even we don't know what you wouldn't know what a free kick is paid for I think this you'd both be annoyed and then immediately this could be exactly what the AFL is looking for though it's like oh you can never blame the umpires the umpires are always right and it's like well yeah because the umpires are the be all end all now for the ruling it's like you you can never you can't say anymore that's like no this is the rule it's like no the rule is now whatever the umpire calls it yeah they need to they need to pick what way they're going to go there's no rules or Hmm. You call even the smallest. Yeah, you know, I think I've mentioned it before. In the NFL, is it could be a millimeter over the line, but they can still call it a false star or offside. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in the AFL, about oh, it's only millimeters. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the problem. So you've got a game where people say it's the hardest game to umpire in the world, which that's probably because they don't watch every other sport. But that's beside <laughs> the point. Because um, I mean, I don't know what the rules are. To, to be yeah. a linesman at the top level of a soccer game, you have to be watching the moment the ball is kicked and the person yeah. that's potentially offside. So your eyes have to be in two places. The easy thing about... And that would be hard, but the easy thing is they know what offside is. Yeah, It's that, not left to, I, oh, the player didn't mean to be offside. Yeah, or, yeah. Know, it was, no, it's offside. And so, whereas the AFL, when it's completely left in, to interpretation of a rule that's not clear-cut, then... In that moment, they're either thinking, well, do I call it? Do I don't call it? There's no set, I, I have to call this because this is this is wrong or I think this is wrong. It's probably like, oh, which which one's the least wrong of, yeah. of what it and is? And it's sort yeah. of like, you know, they've changed deliberate out-of-bounds to insufficient intent, which doesn't mean anything. No. And then it's... You can rush it behind under implied pressure, which also doesn't mean anything. Yeah, define yeah. implied. So... Yeah. They, they have to make it so you can either do it, you can just rush it behind. They obviously got rid of it because Hawthorne won a grand final rushing yes. yeah. 10 behinds. Yes. And they were like, oh, we don't want to see that again. So make it so you can either do it and it's fine, or you can only do it if you're actually being tackled or if it's in a marking yeah. context. Oh, yeah. 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 Because they let you handball the ball over the line if you're being tackled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can't do it if it's implied pressure, but you can rush it if it's implied pressure. <laughs> and what is implied pressure? <laughs> Uh, and what is sufficient intent? Oh yeah. <laughs> Again, that's it's up to the. So umpire. guarantee you, it's not sufficient intent. I've got. Any time I've seen a player kick to the boundary, it was deliberate. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> no matter how and much. But they one thing that gets me though is when you know that is a it is a blatant shank, yeah. or they've gone off their their non dominant foot. And they call it and, deliberate. And it's a shank. And then they call it deliberate, and you're like, well, how do you not know? I remember years ago before they even clamped down, Dustin. Um, Dustin Fletcher kicked it about 50, 60 metres out the back pocket landed on the wing yeah just had a mad off break and went out and they called it deliberate <laughs> yeah I was just about was he Shane Warne of football I wasn't yeah I wasn't going to make that a specific example but yeah it's it, that's the most you, obvious one how do you yeah how do you call it deliberate if it the main the thing ball, is the, the ball, ball bounces on its own accord we all yeah. know that that's the love that's how, how much we like football yeah. but 
it yeah you can't say it's deliberate when you don't you when you're not deliberately making the ball bounce in that it's, sort of degree it's the second worst thing to when a forward bombs it inside 50 and it goes out and they call it deliberate yeah. why yeah. would you deliberately kick it out of bounds yeah I know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> now I've got lots of villains. Yeah. Let's, go <laughs> Let's move on. This right. umpiring is terrible. The right. AFL is terrible. <laughs> um, well, I'll start with my hero, and apologies if we've already had him as a hero, but um, Tim Kelly is just not just this week, but I think we've avoided having him as a hero. <laughs> most yeah, most weeks he's just, like he should be Brownlow favourite at this point. Um, I'm looking because I'm going through his stats. I mean, just this week he had 36 disposals, 21 of them contested, um, going at a 61% disposal efficiency, which in this day and age is elite. Um, 55% of his disposals were in the defensive half as opposed to the offensive half. Um, he runs both ways. So he's yeah, he's definitely unlike unlike the other superstar midfielder. Yeah, <laughs> his team. Um, you got 667 meters gained this week as well. <sighs> 11 clearances, 6 of them from the centre. Um, 7 tackles to go with that. 8, eight inside 50s, 4 rebound 50s. He's a beautiful midfielder. Um, Coming to you live from Champion Data. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then that was just, that was, that was just uh, last week. Like in, from a season perspective, <clears throat> he's going at a 65% disposal efficiency. Averaging... Average thirty something. Averaging twenty six or twenty five point nine. They had one bad game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, smashed his average. And the fact of the matter is, like, so he's the he's, where he's getting his possessions. Fifty five percent defensive half. So yeah. if so, he's that. It's just consistent. Very very consistent. Um, I think you know we would say he's in a perfect world probably is Brownlow favourite, but Gary Ablett is always going to get votes, especially mm-hmm. in the form that he's in, even as a forward. Yeah. Danger yeah. could get 10 touches and still get votes. Yeah, and I think I said last week, Danger will play one quarter and they'll give him and two that's, votes. Yeah. That's the problem with the brown line. They're, I mean, it's not my villain, but I mean, maybe it should be. Um, <laughs> Sorry, so it's umpires getting it wrong again, right? Yeah, so then it's, it's, <laughs> the it's that thing of, it seems to be the, 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 it's all about, again, I think we said this last week, it's about the name, it's about the brand. It's like, oh, it's Patrick Dangerfield, therefore he should get at least two votes, if not, like, if not be OG. Well, oh, it's we, Gary Ablett. Oh, yeah, B-O-G. I think Dane Swan even sort of said, I want it because I stand out. Yeah. yeah. And I mean... I can see why now... Like, I hate to downplay Dustin Martin's season because he was probably a mile ahead of everyone in yeah. 2017. Oh, yeah. 2017? 2017. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He went the full ball. But very, very noticeable on yeah. the field. Maybe that's why Dyson Heppel keeps his um, dreads. Just when he actually... Cause... Maybe one day I'll stand out. Yeah. <laughs> Although yeah. Joe Watson's not that noticeable. Yeah. Well, he was then because he was the only good player in the team. But. Yeah, he was, the, he was the only big body midfielder. <laughs> not sure if I something. should say it, but Joe Watson isn't a Brownlow medal. <laughs> <laughs> He's hey, he he might not be. He, he, he didn't might, win it, but he pulled the most votes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He might he might not be on paper. He might not be to anyone else. But to, to me, he's in every Essendonian. To be heart. fair, to me, he still he still is. Yeah, and I can't take that away. Sam Mitchell and Trent Cochin. It'd be very hard. I know they were just like, oh, I'll, I'll accept it. But yeah. oh, it'd be hard to accept a medal that you're second best in. Yeah. Um, Given the amount of that. Just most. Just first fairest, second best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, my villain this week, after Friday night, it was going to be just the entire city of Sydney. Um, but I've... They got enough hate as it is. Yeah, I know. Um, 
Uh, but I've, I've narrowed it down to Dane Rampey. Um, <laughs> just the simply from a purely. I think we know why. <laughs> yeah, from a pure Essendon perspective, it's just why did, like um, which he climbs up the goalposts. Like it should have, I it should have been a free kick. You touched on it. it, it apparently, like, if you're he, gonna find them. Apparently, he didn't know it was not allowed. Because oh, that's why you don't call a free kick. It's like, oh, I didn't know it was holding. No, the ball. they said afterwards, like, please. When they asked him for his, yeah. please explain. So I didn't even know that it wasn't supposed to do. That. <laughs> what, what was he trying to achieve? So then, so then, what was it? Because he wasn't going to touch it on the line unless the ball was literally next to the post. Since when has not knowing a rule is a rule not mean not meant? Oh, you get punished for it. You don't get punished for it. Well, he did. He got fined. Twenty thousand. But it didn't. But it wasn't a free kick against. That's what I'm like. It, it the rule. The rule. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm glad they got it wrong because it would have been really stupid given Myers' kick was not even going to go for. Yeah, he was not so, going to go through, and it was fifteen was minutes. So far out. Why would you do? Doesn't it? Doesn't matter. He have, he was having a shot. Yeah, he, deci- he decided, they got it wrong. The umpires got it wrong, but I'm glad they did. Well, you're you're glad they did because you're not an essence. I saw I saw this meme and it was like I saw this meme and it was like, is it a free kick? One option was no, the other one is yes, but fuck Essendon, and it was like eighty seven percent yes, but fuck Essendon. This makes it all the more right. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I just don't know what went through Ramby's head. When, was, Rampy, it, was it Myers? I can think of. Was it Myers having the shot? Yeah, yeah. David Myers. So Myers and Myers, funnily enough, he can. Was like, it like seventy? He was the only one on the he team can, he that actually, could have got remotely close. He can kick. <laughs> he can kick sixty to sixty-five meters, and he's still fifteen short. That was, be- but that was because, of, like, even Wusher said, like, it was because Dane Rampy clung. <laughs> it was busted. <laughs> yeah, he saw the gorilla <laughs> climbing up the side of the It's completely distracting. <laughs> um... No, apparently it was like very blustery conditions that night, and Wish was like, "Yeah, I, I give him a one percent shot of actually getting it." Well, uh, that's the thing, like, so for me, as a defender, you'd be thinking, "Okay, best case, he might clear the line by a meter." Yeah, so, so get Cal Sinclair on the line. And just, just exactly. Give it a we'll one get Cal Sinclair on the line. The yeah, guy that's yeah. two hundred centimeters. He should have been paid or a free. Put him on the mark. Ramby should have been <laughs> should have been paid a free against just for the sheer stupidity of it. Free kick four. It's a, it's, <laughs> for I the mean, creativity. <laughs> I can completely understand where you're coming from. I just found it hilarious. Yeah. I'm, Again, I'm the, sure you did. That's comedic, why I don't have it. I'm sure you all did, but you're not Essendon fans. Yeah. I did not find it funny. I was disgusted. Yeah. It was almost as bad as, uh, what was it, a couple of years ago? Gary Rowan taking that mark. I mean, I didn't... Uh, uh, yeah, but maybe Essendon should stop putting themselves in positions where it comes down to... That would that would be handy. That would be incredibly handy. But if if they're going to have to do that, can they at least? Do you reckon anyone would have cared if Essendon had lost by seven goals, and he was just having a token shot, or is it just because if it wasn't free kick, he would have won the game? If they were if they were losing by seven goals, would he've even had the token shot? The only reason he had the shot was because he was up for because he was going for a goal. Percentage because they could have won the game. He probably would have gone a barrel if it wasn't to win the game, but percentage. I don't know. I don't know. I say that as a no. No one would have cared. No, no one. But again, I don't think he would have even taken the shot. I still don't think he would have taken the shot. He only took the shot because of how close the game. The chance to win the game. The The small chance to win the game. Yeah. I think even he knew because I think he winked at 
Heppel and they were just like, yeah. fuck it. And, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, and Heppel, like, after the words Heppel was like, clearly like, yeah, that was never, yeah, that was never going to happen. And then got pinged for smiling immediately after yeah, the game. It's like, it's calm down. Can't call people, can't say people sound like a girl. Yeah. Can't like, give each other a cheeky it must there would have been a cheeky in joke or something after the probably know. yeah whatever <laughs> no no because it's the Essendon captain oh no that's that's not on we, <laughs> we must clutch our pearls once again <sighs> bastards <laughs> <laughs> I was I was just about to say we'll let Ben cool down so so round 8 last year they they lost to the team that was last and then they fired Mark Neal D- Mark Neald. Mark Neald, yeah. Who's they fire this week? Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're one game better, so it's not. A I don't bad. think. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they fire because it's not two and six. It's three and five. It's it's marginally better. So, but yeah, they're, they're better, in the pack. They're at the back of the pack. They're, they're, at least they're in, they're the in pack. a better position than they were last year. So I don't think we need to fire anyone just yet. If they if they lose to Frio, then we might be. Uh, then we might say something different. Frio. Pretty good team, though. Yeah, but it's in Melbourne. Hmm. Probably seventy thirty Essendon. That's 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 a story. That's a story for a, a, a slightly later episode podcast. two. I'll be so I'd laugh so hard if Joel Hamlin climbs the post this week. <laughs> <laughs> Surely Ross just brings back Hayden right in, time for right one in game. front of the Essendon cheer squad. Yeah. He just kind of climbs up the post a little bit. If it was anyone, it'd be Hayden Valentine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's not playing, so there you go. Yeah. Just bring him back for that game. <laughs> All right, so that, that wraps up our heroes and villains, which brings us to our middling questions. Um, doesn't have the same feel to it as closing questions, no. but I mean, we'll, we'll come up with a better name. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> so I don't know if anyone's got anything to start off with. I've got one, but um, I've got a quick one. Yep. Fantasia or Fantasia? Fantasia. Fan- purely purely because I couldn't stand Basil Zemplis saying it. <laughs> Okay, so Fantasia is easy to say. We're all used to it, but Fantasia is his name. Because um, Fantasia, um, Fantasia, Fantasia, however you want to call it, uh, he actually, Orazio, came out, uh, what, yesterday? It's not Arazio? <laughs> he actually came out yesterday, the other day, and, and said, yeah, the, the proper Italian pronunciation is Fantasia. However, I don't care. He yeah, he doesn't give a rat's. It's just who like, doesn't have to hear it. Yeah, and he's just like like he's a, I'm Australian. I'm in Australia. It's been Fantasia for. Well, I nearly thought about naming him my villain because he picked the day that Basil Zemplis was commentating Friday Night Footy and then kicked five goals. Four goals. Four goals. If he kicked a, five, he would have won. Played a blinder, and all I heard for three hours was Fantasia yeah. from so Basil. What? Why is it such a big deal when anyone else who grows up in Australia their whole life doesn't go by their authentically spoken surname? Like no one else come, goes by some Spanish surname. Like it's pronounced as Australians pronounce everything. I think that's yeah. his point: is that he doesn't yeah. care. Yeah, yeah, no, but no, it's, it's fantasy. I mean. But I don't. But care. <laughs> but that doesn't matter in this day and age. Everyone else is going to get is going to get offended for him. Yeah. Well, I did notice it was Dyson Heppel who said, "I'll appreciate it if you call him Fantasia." Like, yeah. I thought he was taking the mick. I, I think he was. He probably was, and Basil Zemplis didn't yeah. not understand that. He could, his nose got in the way. So, okay, if he doesn't care, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's his name. Because it's going to be a very, very tough gig to commentate on every player if we want to go by their authentic exactly. surname. Uh, no, I... Well, I made the point 
last week about David Wapanda, he spelled his name wrong so people would pronounce it correctly. Yeah. And then he changed the spelling. He's like, okay, you've got it now. So he changed the spelling and then everyone pronounced his name wrong. (laughs) 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 Uh, Well, they clearly just say whatever's on the sheet. Yeah. That's all it is. (laughs) So, yeah. But no, I I agree. It's pointless. It's... Fantasia's, you know... Yeah, it's so fun to and, say. and to be to be fair, if it really gets if people really get you know um, upset about it, well, one calm down. Um, just find Dane Rampy twenty grand, be fine. Yeah, and just start calling him Horatio. You know? <laughs> or a Zio. No, no, you've got to go. You've got to go the BT route. The Horatio. <laughs> I was like, poor BT. What's he going to be like when he has to say Fantasia? <laughs> oh, he's, he'd be devastated. He probably he he would be, but I reckon he would. Probably be able to. It's BT. He'd, he'd be able to work something. We'll find out. a way. I can't wait. Fantasy! <laughs> like Do you remember last year in the World Cup when um, Lucy Zelich on SBS got she got absolutely reamed because she was pronouncing all of them as their real surname because they're all actually from different countries, right? Mm. And so she was pronouncing them, and she just got absolutely reamed on social media for saying it the right way. But that's because it's actually pronounced that way where they're from like they, yeah. they live there and that's how they say yeah. it but um yeah this this is just a joke <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like people like to complain for the sake of complaining yeah I think so shock horror gasp <laughs> um okay I've got one weirdest thing you've seen on a footy field personally or just yeah we'll go per- yeah maybe in person because I mean the go-to would probably be the pig at the I, I was gonna, as soon as you said that I'm yeah. like, well, there's the pig you know. so for me I'll give you some time to think for me it was um, Fremantle St Kilda years and years ago when umpire Carey marked the footy on the wing oh, yeah. you were, you were I was at the game. game I was on the wing <laughs> <laughs> and I was fuming because I, I think he I think he balled it up and I was like we had the yeah, ball yeah he did yeah. that was our ball he marked it and immediately regretted it and went oh, uh, 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 just well, throw it up fellas just throw it up <laughs> Sorry, back, back then every single game Frio played possession was do or die as soon as we lost it we conceded I was going to say did you win that game or not <laughs> I don't know <laughs> <laughs> Cody, meaning much. they didn't <clears throat> let me find out it's, can you remember the actual round umpire was it Peter Carey Mark's yeah it was ball? Peter Carey yeah, Peter Carey marks the ball. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Yeah, I the haven't strangest seen... thing. I haven't seen anything too strange. I mean, I've seen Clive Waterhouse on a footy field. That, that was a strange <laughs> thing to see on a footy field. Um, 1999. Was it 1999? Yeah. Wow. My whole day. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. 20 years ago. What, what I don't know. I've seen weird things, but... Dane Rampy climbing a goalpost was pretty funny. Yeah, but you weren't there, man. Still strange. Still, yes. No. There's a pig at full forward. <laughs> the whole um, there was way way back in the day. Uh, Lee Matthews breaking the behind post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll open it up to whatever you've seen, actually, because yeah. it's hard to narrow it down to one. Yeah. Let me look. I'm trying to think. I saw something recently. It might have been last season. There was something that I said it was like one of the strangest things. Ah. Oh. Even this year with um, Kyle Langford. Just, oh, yeah. Yeah, see yeah. Smoko. That was the strange thing. <laughs> yeah. Smoko, I'm out of here. Yeah. Tools down. Um, That's probably... Boys, we won. 
Yeah, right. So he helped you out. He may have been a turnover. He may have helped yeah, you out. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably the most memorable one that reached, like, yeah. that really is... I probably won't. I'll always come back to if someone says, what's well, the strange thing you've seen? Carl yeah. Langford going on smoker and yeah. the ball's like right in front of him. He's only, I think he's only played like one game. It's one since. game too many. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest of that game was too much. And I think pretty sure the you know, the reason he came back in was because we're kind of struggling oh, for key in? forwards. Is he back in? He was in the forward line. Oh, so he can get fired from that game then. Just blame him. Yeah, Sydney game. Oh yeah, you yeah. ask who get fired. Just well, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we have a zero percent win rate with him in the game on the field. So yeah, there you go. Really good interchange rate. Oh, yeah. oh mate, mate, he he gets off the. Uh, no, he gets yeah, back the off. rotation efficiency is, is perfect. Oh, yeah. He just gets off. That's it. <laughs> he, um, yeah. Actually, he's sort of struggled to come up with a a question this week. I had a whole but, list, but I've I've rattled them all off. Oh wow! Really. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. So I struggled to come up with one. Okay, I sort of was going to ask who you think is the most underrated player in the game, but I think we'll all just pick someone from our own team, right? I know I will. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Because, I mean, we know there's players who get... Well, 99% of Collingwood players get the Collingwood treatment. Of course. Yeah, because Collingwood. And then there's players who get sort of St Kilda and North Melbourne treatment where they're probably a lot better than we give them credit for so someone like Ben Cunnington is probably a lot better who? exactly <laughs> than we give I'm them kidding. credit for even I know Ben um, but yeah I was going to ask but it's sort of hard unless you're very exposed to if you expose yourself to the 17 other yeah. clubs as much as you do your own team you'd probably would ignore someone who probably is more underrated than the person you've Well, I mean, yeah. you could probably change the question to who do you think is the most underrated in your team? Yeah. Who's the most underrated player in your team? Um, okay, now I have to think about that as well. Yeah, this is... <laughs> just give us a sec. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to go with... I mean, it's probably hard with Frio because it's sort of... Five Walters and then everyone. So you got to pick someone well, was, out of I was, that. I was fuming <laughs> that Connor Blakely didn't play on the weekend. Um, he won't be my pick, but oh, Paddy Ambrose, really good defensive player, and actually has like like the biggest tank. Like Brent Stanton used to have like when he was playing, he was the, the gut runner. He was yeah. Yeah, the gut runner. And then Patrick Ambrose came along and just, like, every time trial they had, he would just beat him, beat him, beat him. I thought this was going to turn into, like, a Donald Trump monologue. Some people say there's huge tanks. <laughs> no, this guy is a huge tank. This guy's tank. tank. It's, it's huge. The, the huge tank. <laughs> it's, the, it's the biggest tank you've ever seen. I'm gonna... So much tankage. All right, mine, I, and I'm glad, so the, the guy that I would have picked, he's actually been rated really highly this year, which was Alex Pierce. Yeah. Right. Luke Ryan also. He's starting uh, to stand out a bit now, though. <laughs> yeah, no, he's standing out, but also one that probably goes under the radar more than anyone else is Adam Chera, who yeah. plays really well on the ball and actually is super reliable. Every time he goes near the ball, I'm not, I'm not panicking. Um, whereas 
other players, I don't feel that way. <laughs> Manny Lloyd wants to, wants you guys to trade him. He's as good as, as, good as Tim, Tim Kelly. Kelly. Yeah, Adam Cherry for Tim Kelly. He's not only better than he's not only better than Andrew Gaff. He's better than Andrew Gaff and Jack Petrucelli put together. Because the the trade he proposed was Tim Kelly and a pick to West Coast for Andrew Gaff and Jack Petrucelli. Was it and or or? And. Really? Or to Frio for Andrew, Andy Brayshaw or Adam Chera. What? So straight swap. Tim Kelly, Adam, Adam Chera. <laughs> Is he going... F- but like Ben said in our, in our chat, he spent too much time sitting next to Caroline Wilson and Hutchie, yeah. so... Yeah. That's ridiculous. I mean, Chera's good, but he's he's not Andrew Gaff. You, would you straight swap him for Tim Kelly? Chera, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why, that's why he's underrated. <laughs> Oh, no, to be honest, I'd tr- straight swap half our squad for Tim Kelly. <laughs> Just take him. Yeah. Give me Tim Kelly. Yeah. yeah. We'll give you the Freo Football Club if we can get Tim Kelly. <laughs> I was going to say for mine, he's starting to, um, he's getting a bit of notice because he famously missed the grand final. He oh, tore yeah. his hamstring in the qualifying final. Chips. Yeah, and because he's getting a lot more of the ball on the outside now, I think his disposal numbers have gone up to mid-twenties, which is really good for a back pocket. So he's starting to get noticed, but I feel like Brad Shepard's been underrated pretty much since he got there. Yeah. The jobs that he's done on players, I mean, it's hard to say Ty Vickery's a scout, but he's a bit of a scout to a guy who's 183 centimetres and weighs 85 kilos. Yeah. Yeah, you're giving some uh, you're giving some weight and height. Yeah, away. and it's sort of like when Bo Waters retired, he inherited the soul of the on-field soul of Boy Waters and became one of the really tough guys in the team mm-hmm. um, but can obviously get on the park a little bit more but another guy I feel is overrated is Jamie Cripps overrated? underrated no oh. no I'd agree with that I was, yeah another I, was, guy I, was under, I probably said overrated <laughs> underrated is Jamie Cripps yeah because people like to go a lot by goals he scores a goal a game yeah which is what you want but I think I said last week he is always in the top tier of the competition for pressure inside 50 yeah. And he's actually got a huge tank, even though he looks like he's always about to die. Well, his brother's Patrick, so... I cousin. mean, it must be... Cousin, whatever. It's it's in the genes. <laughs> yeah, and he, he sort of um, started playing a bit of a role as... It was like a set play. He'd come off the back of the square. They can't do it now, obviously. He'd come off the back of the square, run through, and just clear the ball because of his speed. But probably those two. But I feel like Shep's been super consistent forever. And now everyone's starting to take notice, but he still won't make all Australian, and they probably should. <laughs> that's it for mine. Cool. Um, I have, I do have a question that's very similar <coughs> to that one, but different in its own regard. Like similar but different. <laughs> no. Um, who out in your teams would you would you consider to be your boy? And what I mean by that is Tom you've, Brass. You've, yeah, you followed him from the very beginning, maybe even before they even got drafted to your club. Um, and continue to follow him and hope and like just heap always heap praise on him. Liam Duggan, Tom Brass. You'd know. I've been carrying on about Liam Duggan. You since did, he yes, got there. yes, you have. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, he's not a superstar, but he's super reliable at halfback. And to be fair, I think you've you've been on about Tom Brass for like what three, four years, and he's yeah. only been playing for two. And so my wife sort of Tom Brass been playing for. Four or five years, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. No, I told my wife this year that oh, Tom Brass is now my new favourite player, and she's like, Oh, you've dumped Gov already. <laughs> like, I've been on Gov forever. Yeah. And then 
He's not playing. <laughs> so you're going to have to stick on the golf track. Yeah, but I do like to say, like, notice we were winning and then when he got injured, we lost. Yeah, right. No, it's um, all about Tommy. Well, Nathan tries to figure out who his boy is. Who's your boy? Me? Yeah. Mm. Nick Sober? Well, that's a tough one. Chris Mayne? It was always <laughs> Ryan Crowley. <laughs> but current boy, I don't really have one. Maybe... This is where you just make one up and claim it. Yeah, I'm going to go with... Sean Darcy. I'm going to go with (laughs) Nathan Wilson. Okay. Because I like his pace, I like his attitude, and that's... And he hates, really, really hates West Coast. (laughs) (laughs) Like a lot. Yeah, his first comment when he came in. (laughs) Yeah, okay, I'll go with him. Because everyone else, I feel like if they're my boy, they're probably... Half of them will leave and go to Victoria. Yeah, right. I felt like Barlow was my boy, and then... Yeah, yeah. Barlow was... My uh, my boy is Connor McKenna. Um, I've followed him since before he got drafted to Essendon. Brent, you probably know about this. Um, I know your boy was Darcy Parrish for a while. Nah, not even then. It was it was um, Connor McKenna. Uh, the I heard I, there was a, a, a report that came out like I said before he got drafted and when Essendon were just looking at him. He. Um, his, I think it was like his first game of football um, was in Ireland and it was like the Australian under-18s versus, you know, Europe. Um, and they've stuck him in the middle, in the midfield. And he managed, and he went on to get like 30-odd disposals and four goals. <laughs> and I remember reading that going, oh, please, Essendon, pick him up. Please, for the love of God. He's one of those players where he does the Irish thing and he just kicks... Mm-hmm. the most ridiculous kick but then he kicks it 15 metres to nothing mm-hmm. but you sort of you sort of you take it yeah it's, it's, <laughs> he's he's um, he probably doesn't have quite the same speed as Adam Saad um, but yeah. but there are there are some kicks better ball that, user like yeah there are some kicks that only Connor McKenna can do like, yeah. I've never seen anyone it's sort of else. like when you see Shannon Hearn just shank it kicks it out it kicks it out of yeah. Optus Stadium and you're just like I'm not even mad yeah. <laughs> this is well, the one time I'll ever and, do that. And, and when I mean, like when when I say there's some kicks that, that no one can ever do, I mean that he does it and he does it efficiently. Like it doesn't yeah. go out of bounds; it goes to the target. That's what I mean. Nine times like, out of ten, it, it works. The kicks no one else in the team can do. So yeah. you forgive the terrible. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time, for sure. And then just his just overall attitude and demeanor. Is yeah, just, just so... can't understand what he says. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> just love watching the commentators <laughs> say that again. <laughs> He, I have noticed that in his interviews he has slowed down his speech a little bit. They're probably like, and man, you have to slow down. A bit. And I was going to say, it's probably half the reason is because of other players going, hang on, can you repeat that just real quick? Just, well, not, not as quick as you did, but just still repeat it, please. Do you reckon when they're like communicating and doing team building stuff, he just sort of points? Kick ball, Connor. <laughs> you there. Got it? Good. Yeah. Probably. English is his second language, <laughs> and I did. I, I I am expecting him to probably at some point go back to Ireland play Gaelic footy as well, because that's what he grew up with. That was what he was going to be. Doing. I just love like international rules is obviously sort of like a gimmicky thing. No one super yeah. gets super invested in it, but I like watching all the Irishmen in yeah. AFL clubs go to Ireland and just like tear us to shreds. Like yeah. just like oh man, but then you're like man, they're so good at kicking the ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zach, yeah, Zach Tui, um, Connor McKenna. Uh, I'm sure there's a couple of others. Ty Canelli. 
Ty Canelli when he back played. in the day, yeah, yeah. yeah. Marty Clark. Clark. Marty Clark. Yeah, yeah. It didn't last as long, but but it's, yeah, there's guys that don't last as long and they sort of, you know, they disappear. But for the two years are they like man? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just so the ball. The squ- that skill is exquisite. Yeah. It's, which is interesting because they playing they play Gaelic footy with a round ball and yet somehow they kick that talent and over ball skill. over ball better than anyone. Exactly. It's like should we be practicing with a round ball? And I don't know how they can all the, they can all kick it a mile. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like they might, it's probably growing up with footy you develop bad habits and you get probably yeah, a little yeah. sloppy. With, and I think you sort of mimic. Like you sort of mimic Lance Franklin's kicking yeah. style, yeah. Like, which Brute. he mimicked Peter Sumich's, and that's yeah. why it can be unreliable. You can even but. see with Mason Cox when he's having a shot for goal, it is very simple. Mm. Like there's yeah, it's what you teach yeah. someone who hasn't done it before. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. and he just does it every time. Whereas you kind of see some footy, like I mean, superstar players they come out on an angle, or they try to do something a bit too much, and it doesn't always come off. So yeah, maybe it is that they're just so skilled with the round ball, and then they have to learn this. Tiny ball, you but they do, they already know they've perfected the kicking yeah. action. It's yeah. just it's the drop it's, of the ball. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, and they can yeah. all kick it a mile. I swear they yeah, can all yeah. kick it half the length of the field. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that wraps up our middling slash closing questions for this episode. So join us again in part two for our preview of round nine. Uh, where we're going to go through all the games, give our tips, which aren't really worth much at this point, but uh, we'll give you some sort of insight into the game or what we think. Exactly. insight, which is not worth much. So if you want to get four to six tips every round, join us for the next episode. Hey, 50%. It's it's a pass mark. It's still a pass mark. Things get degrees. So, uh... So, we'll...